This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ah, uh, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Lady Lounge. Ah, shit. Far out, woman. What's got Sandy in your clam now? Sandy in my clam. What's up, labial lovers? Welcome back for another round of Sand in My Clam. I've brought in two of my dear friends to have some yarns with me today. I've got Hannah, who you've all met before, possibly multiple times. She's a repeat offender here on the Labia Lounge. And Holly, who's making her debut appearance on the show. So welcome, you two. Hi. Hello. Great to be here. So Holly and I recently uh, got into some chats actually on the beach about our main topic for today and we decided that it was episode worthy, but Hannah has no idea what we're going to be speaking about um, <laughs> and I just knew that she'd have plenty to weigh in on this. So um, Holly, did you want to tell Hannah and the rest of the listeners what's getting sand in your clam? Well, this has been something that's been getting sand in my clam for a long time, and I really hope that a lot of people can relate, which is this um, kind of like shame, guilt, and disappointment I feel that I'm not like the perfect woman that we're told that we're meant to be. And then I get even more ashamed and feel more guilty and more disappointed in myself for even wanting to try because it's all just made up. It's like all just made up expectations and beauty myths and constructs. And I'm like, oh, that's that shit that they use to hold us back. And it's all totally made up. So why do I still aspire to it? So I I not only feel bad for not being it, Mm. I feel bad for wanting to be it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, cool, now I'm just mad at myself twice. And yeah. yeah, that really annoys me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a big one. <laughs> totally. And I think the I think the the uh initial thing that Holly and I were talking about that got us onto this uh, was around um feeling like we were being bad feminists for caring about the way we look or wanting Mm. to feel attractive and just these sorts of things that like you know on one hand we're told 
we have to be sexy and attractive and um, adhere to these beauty standards. And on the other hand, we're like, fuck that. I'm a feminist. I don't need to adhere to that. That's all made up and bullshit and it's a construct <laughs> and I'm gorgeous just the way I am. And then you're like, but I kind of want to shave my legs when I uh, go to this dinner party. And what does that say <laughs> about me and my like feminist stance, you know? So this kind of inner conflict that we're always up against um, with regards to, yeah, being the ideal woman, being the ideal woman that like for ourselves, like especially people who really identify as quite empowered women, you know, feminists, I feel like we even have more pressure that we put on ourselves um, based around this. Do you kind of feel a bit like that? I mean, I think this is a really tricky one because I totally understand where you're coming from. I feel like this sometimes too, but I think it's hard because I think even in the absence of a patriarchal society, let's say we all lived in this wonderful society where like gender kind of didn't exist and there was no patriarchy and we all did what we wanted. People would still feel really good when others perceive them as attractive because I think that's just human nature, especially for, you know, people who are sexual. They want to be perceived as attractive by the people that they're attracted to. I think that's pretty normal. I think that where it becomes a problem is, like you're saying, in this patriarchal system that we're in, when your attractiveness, according to a very strict set of conventional beauty Mm. standards, becomes what defines your worth as a person. And I think that's that's where it's hard because like on one hand, you want to feel, you know, good in your body and awesome with how you're expressing your gender. But on the other hand, you like it's obviously a slippery slope to be like, am I looking like this because it makes me feel good or am I shaving my legs? Because I know that if I go to the dinner party without shaved legs, then those three guys are going to like talk about me afterwards. And so I think that like Mm -hmm. that's where it really gets tricky for me is actually trying to separate like where your own expression of yourself starts to melt into like where your own expression of yourself starts to turn into you trying to please someone or look good for someone or for someone else's Mm. gaze. That's yeah, that's exactly right. And just to take your leg shaving example, Freya, I feel (laughs) like, you know, we're so surrounded and like engulfed in these like gendered beauty standards that I don't know if I feel better when I shave my legs because I want to Mm. or because Mm -hmm. I feel that the way that I'm treated or the way that women are treated when they do that makes me feel good about myself, validated, that I get this approval or that I'm being, you know, performing the woman role and that that feels good. And is it like a people-pleasing thing? Is it an approval-seeking thing? Mm. Or is it actually like what I would want? You know, it's, it's hard. None of these things exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, but mm. I was listening to, I think Hannah Gadsby was on a podcast, maybe The Guilty Feminist, and she was talking about, I think someone asked her, what kind of um, pressure on, on women to be feminine would you remove? Like, would you, if you could, you know, wave a magic wand and remove anything? And it was like, would you remove high heels or makeup or shaving legs or something like that? And she's mm. like, oh, I would never get rid of any of those things. I would get rid of the pressure that people feel to adhere to them. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly like what you were saying, Hannah, which is if you want to wear high heels because that makes you feel sexy and powerful, then you should. Mm. And then if you want to shave your legs or not shave your legs, it's it's about that pressure to conform. Mm. And, like, that's, I think, what gets me in such a bind, which is I'm striving for these things that I know are really unrealistic 
and that actually probably won't make me happy and aren't what's important in life and they're actually not the things that I value. They're not Mm. the things that feel important to who I am and yet I feel pressure to meet these things and then bad if I don't. Yeah. And Mm. it's like that struggle between like that external approval and maybe like being true to who you are and that sort Mm. of and then you either feel like, oh, I, I look fantastic, but I don't know who I am. <laughs> or, oh, I don't feel that great about myself when I compare myself to others, but, like, I really feel that I'm doing something good or I, or I have a sense of who I am, which is, yeah, just just a small thing for a <laughs> Tuesday morning. <laughs> and it's so, like, that. That's I love that, you know, taking what would it actually be like if we took away the pressure to adhere to the beauty standards because it is this constantly sort of confusing thing trying to figure out if like you know a really common one that I hear from lots of clients is like oh so I remove all my pubic hair but it's not because um of what I you know what I think the the part my partners are going to think or whatever I just like the feel of it I just prefer it and that's like awesome cool when I think about why I do things such as maybe hair removal. Like I don't even bother anymore. I got my whole fucking body lasered to bajingos when I was 18. That was definitely (laughs) not – that was definitely not um, because I just preferred it. That was because I was so self-conscious. But, yeah, it's so tricky to like actually – disentangle yeah whether you would genuinely if you removed the pressure to look a certain way and you know the uh, I guess uh the meaning behind you know whether this was like feminine whether it was attractive whether it was sexy if you just got rid of all of that like it would it would be so interesting to see what people actually preferred for themselves for I guess practical reasons or maybe just because it made them feel sensual or whatever. Um, but I think it's impossible to tell because, you know, we don't live in a vacuum and um, the damaging thing is that we are judging ourselves one way or another. We're judging ourselves for not adhering to it. We're judging ourselves for wanting to adhere to it. We're judging ourselves for feeling shit if we don't and feeling good if we do. We're like, oh my God, I feel so sexy and I look awesome. But also like what a vain, you know, guilty feminist I am for even wanting to, you know, it's like, fuck. (laughs) You know what? This is something that I've been thinking about recently. This whole idea of vanity I think really annoys me because I think it sort of comes from this like, you know, like decades and decades ago mindset. My mom often says that like her mom would say to her, so this is like a couple of generations before us, like, oh, if you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, for too long, her mom would be like, you're so vain. And there's this fear of like, you know, on one hand, you have this extreme pressure to conform to be like the woman. And then on the other hand, like, well, I hope you don't care too much about it because then you're vain. And it's so mm. weird because like, why is being vain a sin? Everyone cares about themselves on some level. Like, I think it's just this incredibly impossible thing to navigate where on one hand, we're being asked by the patriarchy to look like this ideal. And then on the other hand, you have to do it without caring too much or being too stressed about it or being too self-obsessed because then you're vain. So it's like, you actually just can't win. Like vanity is just, it's such bullshit. (laughs) 
It's so you know? like that, yeah. that like that whore, whore Madonna complex, right? Like, oh, absolutely. I think they tie in together because a woman, and we call it vanity because like that is a, that's a bad thing to be. Like you shouldn't be vain. But another way of looking at it, and I've read around like people being sometimes like taking a selfie or like looking at yourself in the mirror can be a like empowering act and you can be like, yeah, I look really good. And we know the powerful women are apparently very dangerous and therefore it's really important that we <laughs> tell them not to look at themselves too much and think they're too sexy or amazing because that would be a threat. And so the kind of self-loathing woman is like virtuous because it's like she knows her place and mm. she it's just, yeah. yeah, like there's everything's kind of tied into that. And, yeah, this I found this um, quote earlier that was from, Georgia O'Keefe, who was an American painter, and um, she was talking about kind of criticism and flattery kind of in general, but I think it really applies to this, like, body image (coughs) idea, which is that, um, where is it? I have already settled it for myself, so flattery and criticism go down the same drain and I am quite free. And it's, like, that kind of idea of, like, neutrality and I'm trying to work on this myself which is when you have a day where you like look amazing it's really tempting to be like oh damn like I look fantastic or look at me like you just said Frey like applauding ourselves when we meet that standard and we do it on social media all the time we post pictures when we feel our best look our best like meet that standard and then we feel really good about ourselves and then the flip side is if you feel good about yourselves on those days what do you feel when you don't look like yeah. that feel like that achieve those goals you feel bad about yourself and that quote for me is all about that neutrality it's like if we constantly tell ourselves we're amazing for you know being thinner or wearing clothes we can't afford or kind of being you know putting ourselves first all the time then we kind of with the same hand will like harm ourselves when we're not doing yeah we're not doing things mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Sort of and even when you are feeling say. like really like fine, then this sort of attack on, oh well your vein kind of can come in. And we even will do that to ourselves, you know. And like I love that you mentioned neutrality because I've I've done an episode with a an amazing guest called Jesse Neeland and it's on body neutrality. And that's like their whole Thing. They coach people on this and they're like, I actually think this whole like self-love, love your body just the way it is, be like so fucking in love with yourself. She's she's like, that's kind of bullshit and it's, and it's like not that achievable for everyone, at least not straight away. So what I work on with people is like achieving neutrality as like a stepping stone or even maybe that's just the final resting place that we get to and that is okay um, and it's so much better than attacking ourselves and yeah Mm. and I also thought it was so I was like laughing when Hannah you brought up the vanity thing and like you know um taking selfies and things like this because it's the perfect segue I was actually trying to figure out um earlier because Holly and I had another topic that we were kind of uh ranting and getting our clams all sandy um about at the beach actually how good I didn't even put <laughs> <anything> together earlier. <laughs> and um, we were fishing. <laughs> yeah. Um but it was around uh 
I mean, you just segued perfectly because it was around this thing that kind of bothers us where we would love to have a few more like nice photos of us. We are often the ones in our relationship where we take photos of our partners or of like the times that we're having and often we'll see a setting, um, we'll see them looking really gorgeous or they're in a beautiful location or whatever Mm. and we just think, oh, wow, that would make a great photo. Won't that be great to have that photo and look back on and we'll be the person to do that. However, we feel really mm, uncomfortable and a bit gross if we ask someone to take a photo of us um, as though we're being vain, we're being like, you know, too kind of, I guess, falling into that category of like the the over overly self self-obsessed influencer that takes like thousands of selfies and has like the full Instagram boyfriend that has to like be constantly on the other side of the lens to document every single waking moment. Um, We kind of feel a bit like that if we even request like a photo be taken (laughs) of us. Um, So, yeah. And it's even that little dismissive way like my partner is like very patient and loving but he just doesn't, he's not visual in the way like he doesn't, stand looking at uh, you know if I'm standing on a rock in front of a sunset or something and I'm just being like oh look at this amazing place his brain doesn't go like oh snap like that would be a cool picture and Holly would really want to remember this moment he doesn't his brain doesn't go that way in the same way that mine Mm. does and I respect that but then when I ask I go hey like can you just take a picture of me and this sunset so that I can remember this beautiful place that we probably will never come back to it's like He's not even disparaging. It's just a kind of like, oh, yeah, sure. But it's almost like I feel like I've asked him to like go set up the wind machine. I need three hours in hair and makeup and you must take at least 1,000 <laughs> images over the next three hours. And if you're not all wet and sandy by the end of it, rolling around for my needs, then like you, you're a failure as a partner. And that's the guilt that I feel. <laughs> and it's like I actually just – and we talked about this as well, Freya, which is that – um Often if I am asking someone like, oh, could you take a quick picture of me? It's I feel good in that moment. I feel confident in that moment. It's like a moment I want to remember. And, you know, like Mm. we said before, not all days you feel like that about yourself. And Mm. so for me that's like, okay, I want to capture this feeling or this place or this moment. And then, yeah, to have all of that doubt creep in just because of your asking. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I think the assumption uh, is that if you want a photo taken of yourself, you know, it's because you're feeling like a bit hot and you want to like put it on social media and you want to be like, look how hot I am, look where I am, like to show off or something. Um, and even though that might not be the case and also fuck it, if that's the case, dope, like get it girl. Like if you're feeling shit hot and you want that documented and you want, you know, people to see that and that helps you feel better about yourself. Like, sure, like maybe we shouldn't be seeking validation externally in this way on social media, but it's a thing. Shouldn't be feeling ashamed of that necessarily. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, like Holly pointed out, like sometimes that's not the reason at all. You don't even plan to show anyone the photo. You just really want to remember that moment and you're also feeling quite, like I feel like this a lot at festivals. Like I'm often in these like epic, really creative outfits that I feel pretty you know, pretty empowered in and pretty excited by I'm dancing to music I love, I'm in flow, I'm feeling like incredibly in love with myself and empowered and just juiced up. And and I'm like, wow, this is if you were ever going to capture my essence when I'm at my best and fully in my personal power, this would be the time. Um, 
And I want to capture that so I can look back on that when I'm not feeling so great or in my power, you know. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we don't have the kind of partners that just think to do that. And then I guess that's on us to be like, hey, would you mind capturing this? Because, you know, as you said, Holly, like, neither of our partners mind doing that. But even just the little, like, I don't know, there might be almost a bit of a like, oh, yeah, sure, and then they'll take, like, one, and you'll be like, oh, could, do you mind, like, maybe getting, like, another, like, this, or it just you just feel so bad, like, you're asking something so unreasonable and you're being so, like, self-obsessed, which is just not the case, and you kind of just wish that they would be like, fuck, yeah, you look sick, like, what about this now? All right, you and this person, like, maybe do that. <laughs> just want them to kind of, like, do a mini photo shoot. I mean, not always, but because um, that's what I do. Like, when, when I see that... Uh, I get totally. so much amazing footage of my partner. If he's doing something really funny or he looks really hot, I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. And <laughs> get my camera out. <laughs> Honestly, can we just get a moment of appreciation for the people who take photos like that? Yeah. I try to do that for my friends, but when I have friends that do that for me, yeah. it's huge. So if you are listening to we this, see you. <laughs> this is something you can do for your friends. Yeah, if you don't do this already – Get on it because it makes people feel so good. And uh, like, I think everyone feels awkward asking for things like this. So just volunteer it. Yes, that's so true. And then they have that afterwards. They have that memory and they didn't have to ask for it and they didn't have to feel like they were up themselves being like, can you take a photo of me? Because I'm hot. You know, like (laughs) that's that's what I was appreciating. And this is, I think, how Holly (laughs) and I got talking about it because she had um, a little like point and shoot camera and like a really good phone camera. And we, uh, her and her partner Lucas, who are really dear friends of ours, like came and visited us in WA. We went for like a week down south. We went to the beach. We were camping, and Holly was taking all these photos. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's actually such a refreshing and valued uh, contribution." Because like Lockie and I have zero, like I have no photos of myself unless I basically force him to take them of me. Um, so it was really cool having someone there that was just like doing it without being asked and. Um, also knows how to take a good photo (laughs) and it's cool when there's someone like that in the friendship group that's you know that's that thinks to do that it is a really beautiful um offering that you can give your friends so nice yeah it's interesting because and I'm glad to hear that it's something that is valued because being with somebody like being in a relationship with someone that isn't visual in that way I feel like that person that's like taking photos of their breakfast and posting it on Instagram. Like I, I don't personally do that. If you do do that, I'm sure your breakfast look great. But it's just one of those things where like I probably take, you know, a couple, especially on holiday, right? You're like, oh, it's all so new. So I'll take like a couple of pictures of this cool tree or like, oh, look at this beautiful sunset, whatever it is. And I just feel like I'm taking too many. And it depends who you spend time with. Like Freya's gorgeous mm-hmm. partner, Lockie is like, some amazing outdoor action man and so he feels so like he doesn't wear shoes he's at one with nature and I just feel like this little city kid that's got my device like the kid who's obsessed with this technology and white lotus and like can't live without his phone like that's how I feel by contrast so it's also that like you know it's not very um I don't know like holistic or nurturing to be like with feel- device all the time and so then that's added mm. on the kind of vanity thing <laughs> mm. yeah and I mean I can't even tell you how many times especially um 
oh, like when I was rolling with the Confest crowd and that more sort of conscious community, um, even though they're constantly doing boudoir and naked photo shoots, it's not cool to get your device out if you're just hanging out. Um, and I've been shamed so many times and, and, and it's just one sentence. It's just like, oh, God, how do they say it? Something around, oh, like – why don't you just like be present in the moment and live it and enjoy it without having to be behind the lens or without having to capture it? Like, just like, just enjoy the moment and be present. And it's like, shut down. You're being shamed for bringing out your camera. Like, how fucking dare you? And I understand, like, I do get it. And I'm, ne- but you know, I'm never going to be one of those people that's like attached to my device constantly and constantly taking photos of everything. Like, that's just not me. I'm quite discerning about when I do get the camera out. But I hate how like guilty I feel about it when I do because of that attitude of like, just like live in the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> totally felt that as well. <laughs> hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. Um, I just, okay. I just want to take it back. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like I had some things, I had a, actually some things to say about what we we're talking about before all these camera yeah, stuff. Yeah. So if we can just rewind for a second, oh, totally. I think it was something that you had said, Holly. Um, and it's reminded me of this really great, like practical exercise that I thought like I'd bring up that I found really helpful that people like can try if they are listening to this and they want to try. Um, I don't remember exactly what, what you said, Holly, but it was about, oh yeah, you were saying, you know, let's say one day you're feeling really great. You're looking awesome. You get your great friend to take pictures of you. If you attach too much of your sense of worth to that, the next day when you're kind of feeling shit, just wearing like a massive t-shirt dress, which is pretty much all that I wear when I'm at home, just a big t-shirt. That's a hot look. <laughs> not, not looking like this. <laughs> well, I mean. For the listener, Hannah is looking <laughs> fabulous with her fresh Aurora style haircut. <laughs> Yeah, she looks like she's from Lord of the Rings, um, like full elf vibes. But also in like a nineties punk band. Totally. Oh, well, it. Okay, killing it. My ego right I'll now. get my camera out. Thank Hang you. On. <laughs> okay, but well, let's say uh, in two days from now, when I'm feeling really shit and my hair is looking kind of ugly, and I'm just thinking like, what the hell. One exercise that really helped me, which is super easy, and I actually did this, uh, my psychologist gave this exercise to me when I was having this big identity crisis and I wanted to change careers, is she said to like, write down all of the things that make you worthwhile as a, 
as a person because I was attaching too much of my self-identity and self-worth to my career. And I think that lots of us do this with the way that we look. We think that the reason that we're great or the reason that our partners love us, this is a really good one to do is like, why does my partner like me? Or what do people like about me, my friends, whatever. And you write them down. And it's interesting because you'll notice that like, chances are you might not know why people like you, or you might only be able to think of a couple things. And then chances are, if you asked a friend, why do you like me? They'd be able to come up with a bunch of things. And maybe none of it would be about your really cool haircut. I don't know if you guys (laughs) like me just for my haircut, but hopefully, fingers crossed, that's not why. Um, And it's also cool to try putting them in a pie chart. Like, you know, is 50% of the reason why I'm great what I look like? Is that how I view myself? Is that how other people view myself? And it helps you to kind of reframe that so that, you know, maybe you feel awesome when you look great. But in reality, that's only 5% of what makes me who I am. The other things are that, you know, maybe I'm really caring or maybe I'm really creative or maybe I'm a great conversationalist. Maybe I'm really supportive to my friends when they need it. Maybe I have a great sense of humor. And if you write all those things down, I think it sort of helps to fill that picture out a little bit. So on the days when your hair looks ugly and you're kind of hungover and you're really tired, then it doesn't really matter because you still actually have all these other great qualities. And it's interesting, I think, especially when you look at this through the lens of like some of those really specific beauty standards, like shaving your legs. So let's say you didn't want to go to this dinner party unless you shave your legs. That's actually quite a crazy proposition because what you're suggesting is that whether or not your legs are shaved is one of the most important things about you. Mm. And I don't know about you guys, but (laughs) I wouldn't want people to be like, oh, you know, Hannah, her legs were never, I I don't shave my legs, but her her legs were never shaved. And so thus, you know, we never developed a good relationship (laughs) or like, you know, Holly, her legs were always pristine. And that's why I keep her around as a friend. I don't know if you shave your legs, Holly, but it's really weird to think about it that way. Um, so yeah, I found that really helpful. Maybe, you know, people listening might want to try it because it makes you question some of these things like, oh, that's really weird. Yeah. That, yeah, you go. Um, yeah. No, go that, ahead. I think that is so spot on. And also even for me, it's like in my self-talk, like if you are going to give yourself a compliment or give yourself like, you know, I wouldn't suggest giving yourself any put downs, but if you're in that headspace, it's like, okay, well, what else can I say about myself in this moment? So if you're determined to be like, my hair is just totally unmanageable and it's awful and it's the worst feature about me, whatever it is, you can also be like, but how good was it that, you know, I called my grandfather last night and that um, I'm actually a bit tired and I haven't had time to do my hair because I am so passionate about my job <laughs> and I've been working a lot <laughs> and, you know, like I, I did the shopping yeah. even though it was 9 p.m. because I, my partner had had a hard day and then you're like, oh, okay, like all the reasons that you're a good person mm. or the things that you've done well that has meant that maybe this small thing is not so good. It's like I think yeah, we often good. compare ourselves to people whose job it is to look a particular way or um, mm. fulfil a particular role. It's like, well, how does this woman, you know, run a successful business and she seems to look amazing and she's, you know, boss bitch smashing through all the glass ceilings and it's like, oh, well, you know, sometimes there can be difficulties with the relationship or there might be someone helping out with kids at home or like there's all these reasons that people are able to be great in their different ways and and you know maybe that's why your hair is can't be perfect every day or (laughs) 
Mm. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, probably everyone's heard this is like, especially with social media, you're comparing your everyday to someone's best moment. So like that moment where they're at the festival and they look awesome and they're feeling great and they take a picture and then it's just you sort of at like 9 p.m. You're pretty tired. You're like wearing your PJs. Of course, you're not going to look as good as they are. Well, I mean, you know, of course, you're not going to because like no, no one's going to be no one's going to be like peaking while they're scrolling on social media, mm. really. And I think like the bigger issue is just like we said earlier that we attach so much of our self-worth uh, and self-esteem and confidence to, I guess, yeah, how, how we look and how we're perceived by others um, and these kind of things that aren't actually don't actually have any weight with regards to like whether we're good people or we're intelligent or we're passionate about Mm. our job or we're leading meaningful lives and it just takes so much of our brain space and I think that's like you know Holly mentioning like it kind of serves the patriarchy to keep us really distracted and conflicted about this and sort of waste a lot of our energy on trying to look hot and feel good about ourselves Um, and I also wanted to mention that that's something that really bothers me is because we're so harsh on ourselves and we have these really high expectations. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we're basing it on completely unrealistic ideals and standards. Um, That kind of level of, of harsh judgment on ourselves actually often sort of gets reflected out onto other women. Um, And when we're judging ourselves for not being, you know, I'm just going to sidestep all of the beauty stuff because we've already covered that on this podcast, but like judging ourselves for not being like a good feminist because we're worried that we care too much about our appearance or that, you know, whatever. We we often will see someone else um, and be like, oh, they're, um, you know, they, and I'm, okay, I'll just speak for myself. Like in the past, and it's you it's usually I don't just like look at people in judgments usually if they're like fighting a feminist agenda and then I'll like look at that and be like oh they're like saying all this feminist stuff but then they've also got like fake boobs and fake tan and all this stuff so like that doesn't compute in my mind and like nowadays I don't I don't really think that way it obviously these things cross my mind but I really hate how we judge one another because like one person's version of like being a feminist is different to the other person's version so I feel like the continuous like competition with other women the continuous judging of ourselves and of other women like that is all just like the the more mechanisms for like yeah fucking with us (laughs) to put it really inarticulately (laughs) yeah yeah And it serves a purpose that, um, you know, patriarchal systems, these expectations on women, like it's about policing womanhood and policing our place and where we should be in the world. And then it's so ingrained that we police ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. Like we use the words that the patriarchy has taught us Mm -hmm. to tear other women down and it's the classic divide and conquer right Mm. like if women are too busy like starving ourselves and tearing other women down we won't be interested in like oh I don't know equality or getting paid properly or Mm. (laughs) doing all the things (laughs) that men can do or men have been able to do Mm. and um yeah I think that's so interesting and I notice for me like when I'm the most judgmental of myself is always the time when I'm the most judgmental of others and when I'm giving myself more of a break like and being you know feeling more secure I'm 
I don't notice like or compare myself to other women positively and negatively because it can be like mm. I'm not as, you know, I'm not achieving as much as, as that person I went to school with, but it can also be, oh, is that all that person I went to school with has achieved? Mm. You know, it can be this better than or less than mm. and both of those things aren't helpful. Totally. You just articulated what I was trying to say so much better than I could. This is why I get you two on. I feel like I'm just in like massive um, brain fart mode today. So thank you for putting into words what, yeah, what I think and feel. Cause I wish, I wish being a feminist actually just equated to being an advocate for women and loving women rather than hating men and like hating other women who don't measure up to our idea of what it is to be a feminist and stuff and and that yeah the judgment that comes in it it would be nice if all it took to be a fem I mean I think all it takes to be a feminist is just really really loving and advocating for women and for ourselves and for everyone I mean not not just you know automatically hating men because of the patriarchy and um it's just so much more complex and nuanced than that so yeah. Yeah, and even as Hannah said up front that, um, you know, doing things for us because it feels it feels genuine or it feels authentic to us, like shaving the legs because you want to and you feel better. And, again, we can't remove ourselves from mm. this, but trying to live in that kind of authentic way to you or mm. in the way that makes you feel happy. And it's interesting for me like a good exercise is like if I'm not feeling great about myself or feeling like I'm not doing enough to be this, you know, the perfect person is um, you spend time with people who know and love you and you feel great. Like you don't feel that self-doubt when you're surrounded by people that, mm. you know, your tribe or your people where you feel that you belong. Mm-hmm. And as Hannah was saying before, they're not saying like, oh, God, her legs are so smooth and we just love hanging out with her. It's like, oh, I'm having interest. <laughs> I feel like I'm interesting. I feel like I'm a good friend. I feel that I'm a good listener. Um, mm. I feel that, you know, we're it's mutually beneficial, this friendship and all those things that make you feel good. And what do you know? It's nothing to do with like how you look or mm. what you've achieved professionally or Hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I'll be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well said. 
Well, does anyone else have anything to add on this topic before we wrap up? Um, I think mm. I have one more tiny thing to add, which is kind of what you were saying at the start, Holly, about how maybe you feel like this and then you're like, oh, well, now I'm a shit feminist because I thought about my legs. So I guess I'm a shit feminist. And there's this idea in meditation, which I feel like is applicable here. And also I think like it's in psychology as well. Is like, it's not, it's often not the initial thought that you have that's the problem. It's like all of the feelings that you start attaching to that mm. thought and all of the thoughts that come after it. So, you know, like we all have been born and raised in this patriarchal system. All of us are going to think at one point or another, oh, maybe I should shave my legs. Even me, like I love not shaving my legs. And sometimes I look at them and I'm like, do they look bad? <laughs> and I think it, you know, we're all going to think things like that. Our brains just come up with like thousands of thoughts a day, but like, it doesn't mean anything about you. It's just a thought that came up in your brain. It doesn't mean that you're a shit feminist. It doesn't mean like, you know, that you don't like yourself or whatever. And so like cut yourself some slack mm. people. Like it's okay to like kind of feel shit sometimes. And it's great to critically assess whether the standards that you have for yourself are coming from inside or from someone outside. But I also think that, you know, like it doesn't make you any less of a feminist to like have doubts sometimes because everyone has doubts and that's why we have to like get together in little calls like this and chat about it and be like, Oh, I was feeling really bad about this. Me too. Cause like everyone thinks this stuff sometimes. So like, I don't think it makes us a bad yeah, Absolutely. And like something that just came up, that's like the exact, like the perfect example of just how, I guess, like, ever-present and insidious it is. Like, we have grown up in a patriarchy. We can't change that. We can't change the little voices and thoughts. Hannah, you're talking about your legs. You're like, do they look bad? And in my head, I'm like, oh, no, you've got, like, blonde hair. Your leg hair's really fine. It's so chill. It looks fine. Mine, though, mine would look fucked because I've got black, (laughs) thick, curly hair and, like, three hairs coming out of one paw. Um, And if I hadn't have gotten it all lasered when I was young, and, like, it's growing back now and I just let it grow and it's, like, patchy and hairy and funny. but I do think like just that automatic thought that popped into my head of like, yeah. oh no, you can have hairy legs because yours are blonde and they're, it's chill. Whereas like for me, that would be different. You know, I have this different standard and yeah, it's the perfect example of how we're never fully free of this. I mean, maybe some people have achieved that. That would be incredible and I, I intend to, but I don't think that I'm any less of a feminist for having those thoughts because I don't I don't act on them and I don't put any stock in them. And even if I did, like that would be okay. And, you know, it's just, it's just reminding ourselves like we are under such an insane amount of pressure um, to just somehow strike a balance between, you know, being the perfect amounts of all of these contradicting things. Like we've got to be sexy, but not be Mm -hmm. a slut. We've got to be a good girl, but not a prude or frigid. We've got to (laughs) be like feminist, but not like an angry feminist um, and be confident, but not like loud and bossy. So like, you know, we're, we're up against these expectations that leave us feeling, you know, simultaneously, like we're too much and like, we're not enough. And that's massive. We're constantly battling that. And so just remember that and be kind to yourself. Um, and these, mm. you know, on, I'm looking at two of the biggest fucking feminists I know on this call. And like, I know I've had conversations with both of you about niggling little things that we 
you know, that we don't feel great about with regards to, I don't know, how we compare our bodies to some some beauty standard and, like, we're still epic feminists. Like, it doesn't it doesn't mean shit, you know. So go easy on yourself and, and try not to add that second layer of judgment, you know. We're already feeling bad about one thing yeah. and then we're judging ourselves and feeling worse. So just, like, try not to add the next the next layer. Yeah, I think that's it. And there's, you know, maybe just as a a final thing that popped into my mind was there's like one of the opening scenes in the series Fleabag is um, the two sisters, (laughs) they go to a feminist lecture and the lecturer asks, you know, which of you would trade five years of your life for the so-called perfect body? And the subtext (laughs) is that you're, no one's meant to raise their hand, but Fleabag and her sister both immediately shoot their hands in the air. And that just, <laughs> for me, I was like, that's what, that's what's happening in my brain. So 98 yeah. out of a hundred people in that theater were like, obviously that is a ridiculous proposition. And that's like the 98 thoughts that are like, for all of these reasons, you understand the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why would you give up time <laughs> yeah. with your loved ones being happy, experiencing life for something that's totally bullshit? But there's two little like flea bag thoughts in my brain yeah. that go like, yes. <laughs> and like, I think that's what it's like. So like if good. we live in this society where we're constantly <sighs> bombarded with these thoughts, like it, these are like intrusive thoughts. Like we shouldn't judge ourselves for you know, the little neurons in our brain shooting their hands up being like, oh, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to conform to that ideal. And then the 98 remaining being like, mm, but probably that's not what is going to make you happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so good. Such a good thing to end on. That's an awesome, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, you two. Really appreciate your time and jumping on for these sorts of chats and just like love the way your brains work and love everything that you and you're just so articulate oh my god I'm having such an off day and even on my best days I definitely can't articulate things as well as both of you like I kind of want to make this a regular thing where I get you guys on to just like I'll be like cool I've got an idea I want to talk about this can you just make it sound smart like I would love to set up that kind of arrangement because you do you sound great and you sound really articulate bring all these like complicated ideas and distill them into something like simple and accessible and that's why you're making such a creative and fantastic podcast oh thanks babe yeah i, agree. Yeah. I mean yeah i do okay i do okay i just it's like frustrating <laughs> when my brain's like i want i want to get across this and then when i record it's just like blah, 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 blah. um but anyway that's that's part of it i'm human and um this podcast was always going to be pretty real and raw so i'm happy to just like own that and um yeah thank you so much guys bye thanks for having us bye and that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. 
My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT. And I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.